In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I was so happy to hear Jay's sermon last week on nourishment, about being fed. He set up this morning's reading from Kings perfectly. I selected it from our lectionary for its clear and important moral, that there is no trouble in life that can't be solved with a nap and a snack. That's the laugh of recognition. (laughs) That is a little human truth. But to flesh it out, we should pull back a little bit to this moment in the story of Elijah. Elijah is a prophet raised up by God in a pivotal moment in Israel's history. To summarize a little bit of biblical history and a bit of begatting, a once united kingdom has fractured. And in the Northern Kingdom, King Ahab, a descendant of Solomon, is married to Jezebel. And together they have built a temple to the Canaanite god Baal and put to death all the prophets of the God of Israel that they can find. Elijah goes to meet King Ahab and confront this behavior. What happens next is an epic showdown between Elijah and 150 prophets of Baal and his Asherah atop Mount Carmel. It really is an incredible piece of storytelling fit for an action movie, so I urge you to read the 18th chapter of Kings whenever you get a chance. Needless to say, Elijah emerges victorious. Yet almost immediately, he is on the run from Queen Jezebel, who has vowed revenge. And that's how we arrive at this moment in the 19th chapter of Kings. Elijah has been running for his life as fast as he can. He has already covered a great distance before he goes this day's journey into the wilderness all alone. And he flops down under an old broom tree. At Mount Carmel, Elijah has performed an incredible miracle. Instead of feeling victorious, he is exhausted and sad and angry, likely frightened, possibly feeling inadequate and definitely done. That's what Elijah says to God as he sits under that tree. It is enough now, Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he falls asleep. I think for a lot of us, that might be a familiar feeling, to be completely at the end of your rope and defeated and just done. I think we've all felt that before, that it's no use, that the work is never over and it's more than you can handle anymore, or that you just can't make a loved one's illness better, or that the bad news in our country and our world just keeps coming, and you're burnt out and exhausted and done. You may or may not have wished you could just die or disappear, but I think all of us at some point have just wished that we could walk away or go to sleep until it's all over. So what is God's answer for Elijah in this moment? What does God say? after he empowered Elijah to do incredible, terrifying, and awe-inspiring acts of power. God doesn't say, how dare you doubt me now? Or why don't you trust me? God doesn't say, quit your moping, or it's not so bad. God definitely doesn't say, oh, you can handle it. That's another familiar message for many of us, that when we're struggling, God actually doesn't give us more than we can handle. 
If someone has said that to you before, I think Elijah would like to have a word with them. Maybe me next. Because no, God doesn't say any of that. Instead, God sends an angel to care for Elijah. It's such a tender scene to imagine. The angel touches Elijah on the arm and says, get up, eat. Elijah eats and drinks and sleeps again, and the angel stands by with more warm cake baked on hot stones, ready to tell Elijah, get up and eat. Otherwise, the journey will be too much for you. Strength for the journey and the opportunity to rest. That is how God responds to Elijah's exhaustion and grief. Strength for the journey and an opportunity to rest. In turn, Elijah allows himself to be cared for by God. And that brings us back to John's gospel, to Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. In Jesus, God is seeking to nourish us and care for us and give us strength for the journey. I think these weeks of bread in John's gospel can get uncomfortable for us because we're asked to think about how hungry we are. So I think we try to make this an abstraction that Jesus calling himself our literal nourishment is just an extended metaphor and not a direct challenge to how we look for fulfillment in life and so often do not find it. But I think there is a lot of hopefulness to be found here today because you are being invited to do less. Do less. In church, I think we can get used to the language of seeking, of being a seeker. What is it that I can do? What's a book? What's a prayer practice? What can I do? Many of us bring the same energy that burns us out everywhere else to our life of faith too and then we feel like we're failing. Sometimes the answer can come from flipping the notion of seeking on its head. Sometimes we are seekers, and all the time we are being sought. We are being sought by God. Even when we think we hear exclusion, no one can come to me unless drawn by the Father that sent me, Jesus says unless drawn by the Father that sent me. That makes me remember that angel in the wilderness gently touching Elijah's arm. Dr. O. Benjamin Sparks once wrote, you just don't come to faith by yourself through your own deduction or reasoning or insight alone. You are wooed, invited, and even cajoled. It's that angel trying not to startle Elijah as they wake him, Get up and eat. There's one catch, though. We have to get comfortable with being sought and found just as we are. For Elijah, there's no brave face to put on or story to tell. There's just, here I am. I'm done, and that's it. I think we all recognize that feeling, and it doesn't mean that we like to share it. The line that God doesn't give us more than we can handle wouldn't be such a popular lie if we didn't like to think that we can handle anything. For instance, what the crowd has to say in John's gospel, it's so telling. This crowd has seen Jesus feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. They saw it. 
but now he's getting into dangerous territory. The miracle was one thing, but that he himself is the bread of life? They say, is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? Who does this guy think he is? Part of learning to love God in human likeness involves learning to love ourselves as human beings and love where they came from. That's just part of what God is up to with us, asking us to understand ordinary things for how extraordinary they are, things like bread and wine and loaves and fish. And what is familiar is made strange by how beautiful and unexpected it can be. Yes, even your neighbors, even your town, because it is in the most familiar and in the most ordinary things that God cares for us and offers solace and renewal in sleeping and eating, in honesty about ourselves and our lives. Elijah is honest with God and God is honest right back. The angel doesn't say eat because the worst is over and everything is fine. The angel says eat, otherwise this journey will be too much for you. Too often we try to make ourselves into bread for the journey. And in doing so, we use up everything we have. And yet God is standing among us in Jesus, who is like us. With Jesus, there is no point of hiding if we're tired or hopeless. With Jesus, there's no point in trying to hide how hungry we really are. Sometimes we have no choice but to do a little less and let ourselves be sought and even let ourselves be found and cared for by God. God has given himself to us as strength for the journey. Jesus is offering himself to us as the bread of life, meeting us in the midst of real hunger. So the question is, will you get up and eat? Amen.